0: A few days ago, I posted something on social media about how kindness is not a feeling, it's a lifestyle. And a friend posted back, uh, responded back to that comment and they said, I try to be kind, I really do, but people just take advantage of me and I'm just tired of being kind. It just, it doesn't do any good. It just gets you know, it just makes me frustrated. I'm so tired of it. I just can't do it anymore. It doesn't do any good. <laughs> it just got me thinking. Um and, and then I responded back to this person and I said, Well, this is the question that came to my mind, you know, not just for this person, but for myself. Like, why are you kind? I think that's a good question. I think that's the question that we need to ask, and the answer will reveal a lot about why we do what we do, why we try to be good people, why we try to be kind to others, and why we get frustrated. So I want to talk about all of that in light of Luke chapter 10, something that Jesus said when he was sending out 70 of his disciples. and He was talking about them being sheep among wolves. So today I want to talk about Sheep and wolves. Specifically, what about the wolves? What about the wolves? This is the Construction Monk podcast. I am your host, Jay Randall Ori. I am a spiritual director, which means I walk with people and and help them know God. And I am a teacher of contemplation, which is just, which is just the practice of knowing God. And I am also a carpenter. I run a family. It's it's a family-run construction company. We do home remodeling and stuff, but um, so just I just say all that to to let you know where I'm coming from. My tradition, my Christian tradition, is contemplation, and so you know, you know that's what I'm teaching from. That's my background, and I'm also a carpenter, construction worker. I work with my hands. So, all right, well, let's get into it. What about the wolves? I think it's very interesting. I'm going to start with this verse. I'm going to have to shift over to it, but I'm going to start with this verse from Luke chapter 10. Let me get there real quick. All right. There we go. I'm going to try and read it from a couple different translations. Ah, oh, sorry. I don't... Give me a minute. yeah so this is Luke chapter 10. it's actually verse starts with verse one but Jesus um, sends out seventy of his disciples and this is kind of the marching orders that he gives them. He sent them out two by two it says he sent them out to every town and place where he was about to go so they're going to kind of prep. Prepare you know, prepare for him to come in, so they're they're forerunners, so he says, he told them the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field, which I think is interesting, and then he said, Go, I'm sending you like lambs among wolves that's just i I read that, and I was like that's that's really fascinating. It reminded me of my friend's complaint, right? She was kind of saying, basically like, hey, I feel like I'm this. I'm a nice person. I'm like a sheep. I'm nice, I'm gentle, I'm kind, but I feel like I keep getting attacked and beaten up and taken advantage of. She's kind of saying, I feel like I'm a sheep among a bunch of wolves. And I was like, that's really interesting that Jesus uses this same kind of idea when he's sending out his disciples into the world. And I think, you know, this isn't just a verse about this one instance where Jesus sends out his followers. I think this is a truth that reveals all of us, you know, all, all who are followers of Jesus and who we're supposed to be, and how we're supposed to be sent out. I thought it was interesting that um, he asks them... He's he's sending them out. Just backing up to... This is verse 2. He's sending them out, and as he's sending them out, he's also saying, Pray that the Lord would send out workers into his harvest. I thought that was interesting because he's sending them out, and yet he's saying, Pray for workers. So I think there's there's an interesting question there that we're going out and we're praying for those who go out I think that's just a a nod to the idea that we don't go alone and he sent them out by twos but also that we go out praying to the lord of the harvest like we may may be workers but it's not about us alone like we need to do it together There needs to be a community. Sheep are pack animals, if you didn't know. I'm not a shepherd. I'm not a um, keeper of livestock. (laughs) I'm not a farmer. But I know a few things about sheep. Just uh, I've heard about sheep. Sheep are pack animals. They are also not very smart, They really don't know how to take care of themselves. They don't know how to find pasture. A lot of animals will graze. They'll roam and they'll go and they'll try to find good pasture. Sheep um, don't tend to know how to find good food. What they tend to do is eat where they're at and, and basically eat it all up, eat it down to the roots, trample it, turn it into a muddy mess. And so they need to be led around to good pasture. Like they have to be led in order to continue to thrive and survive now it's interesting about goats goats are actually a little more verse uh, versatile I guess versatile and uh, self survivalists in a way like they will eat the grass above the root and they'll let like they won't kill the grass by eating it they'll'll they'll, and they'll move around goats are great if you don't want to mow your lawn get a goat They'll eat the grass, they'll keep it short, but they won't kill it. Sheep will kill the grass. Goats are smarter than sheep. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? Uh, Another thing about sheep is they have to be led to water. Um, They they don't know how to find water. But also, I've I've been told if they stare straight up in the rain, they'll drown. They can drown. They just Sheep are are dumb. (laughs) They're not smart. They can't really take care of themselves. Um, they don't know how to do much I think it's the first thing I would say about sheep is they have to have a shepherd so I think that's an interesting analogy Jesus talks about sending them about praying as we go as we go as his disciples as his followers out into the world praying for guidance I think that's the verse right before he talks to his disciples about being sheep among wolves But it's interesting that sheep, they're very innocent. Jesus was, uh, compared to a lamb being slaughtered, the lamb of the world, in fact, it says in Revelation, it even shows him a, a picture of a lamb that was slain. Jesus himself presents this picture of himself as a lamb and this picture of him being crucified as a lamb being slaughtered. And I think the idea here is just an idea of innocence. A lamb is very innocent. They're very trusting. They're very uh, meek. Meekness was a a character quality that Jesus valued and preached. There's a certain innocence, a certain kindness, a certain gentleness to, to sheep. And I think... Wolves are about the opposite of sheep. So I think it's interesting. Jesus basically says the world is like a bunch of wolves and I'm sending you like a bunch of sheep into a bunch of wolves. And that really doesn't make a lot of sense. Because sheep, if you send a bunch of sheep, if you don't know, basically sheep are, um, wolves are predators of sheep. Sheep are lower on the food chain, right? Like wolves, coyotes, coyotes. Um. Oh, the leaves are rustling. The wind's blowing a bunch of leaves down right now. It almost sounds like rain. It's really cool. I don't know if you can hear it. Yeah. By the way, I'm on the <laughs> I'm on the trails. I forget to mention that sometimes. It's a really. It's early morning. It's about 47, which isn't as cold as it was yesterday morning, when I recorded an earlier podcast. <sighs> It's just a beautiful morning. It's good to be in the woods. Most of the leaves are down, but there's still some falling. So, like, uh, wolves are predators of sheep. Sheep are wolves. what wolves eat. So it's kind of absurd if we're to be like sheep as followers of Jesus. And we're supposed to go into a world full of wolves, that's kind of an absurd paradigm. Like, why would God desire us to be in a way that is vulnerable to the attack of the people we're trying to reach? Like, why would God send us out to be devoured by predators, <laughs> right? I think this is just a... If you stop and think about it, it's it's a very odd, even absurd metaphor. God wants us to be so innocent and meek and kind and gentle that we're going to get attacked and beat up in the world. Is that the picture? That's what my friend was complaining about. She was like, I'm just, I'm done. I'm tired of being kind and gentle in a world that's full of a bunch of wolves, a bunch of people that just beat you up, take advantage of you, don't care. You know, it's a hard-hearted world out there it's vicious it's dog eat dog right and yet Jesus calling us to be like sheep is it's absurd and it's hard but I think one of the points I've already alluded to is that being a sheep means being completely dependent upon a shepherd and that reminds me, I was I just thought of this verse um, this morning. So I'm gonna go back to this verse. Because this is a good the Good Shepherd. There's a passage in John ten called the Good Shepherd. Um let me see. Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And that, that was um, verse 14. So, I'm, trying, I'm sorry, I'm trying to... There, in verse 3, it says, the, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And it says, When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Now this is an interesting thing about uh, about tending livestock. I was trying to think of There's a different word. Husbandry, I think, is what it's called, actually. It's another word for just general tending of livestock. But this is true with cows. A lot of animals, they know the sound of the farmer's voice. And they like the farmer will often call them when it's time to eat. It's usually why they why they know it. They know the person that feeds them, right? And Jesus says, My sheep know my voice, and he says they won't follow any other. So I think one the first thing we can say about being a sheep is that we can't go alone. We can't do it alone. We can't find our own way. We can't make our own way. We need someone to protect us. Jesus uh, talks about being the shepherd and being the gate for the sheep. In ancient times, um, shepherds would pretty much roam around and lead their sheep all over the place, over a vast area of pasture land. They would often at night build these enclosures with stones, and the, the shepherd would actually lay down in the opening of the pen to protect the sheep. So at nighttime sheep were sleeping inside this stone enclosure, this pen, and the shepherd would be the gate. So, if anything tried to get in, the shepherd was laying between the sheep, and that whatever that was, there was a very protective stance of the shepherd, even laying down their own life in a sense. Like they gotta come through the shepherd. Whatever's gonna try to come in, whether it's a wolf, a predator, or a a robber, they gotta get through the shepherd. So, I the, this idea sheep need a shepherd they need someone to protect them to guide them to lead them to keep them alive sheep are very dependent and so i think that's the the first big thing we can say about being a sheep in a world full of wolves is we cannot go it alone there needs to be a very intimate and direct guidance from our good shepherd jesus there is a reason why jesus told the disciples As he was exiting the world to wait for the sending of the Holy Spirit. It was important that we have this guide. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said, would be a guide for us, would be an intimate, personal voice of wisdom and direction. There was there's a very mystical and intimate relationship we should have with God, being directed in the world as sheep by a shepherd. Jesus says, My sheep know my voice. I think that is very literal. We should know how to hear from God. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said we have the Holy Spirit to guide us. If you're going to, my point is, if you're going to be the kind of person Jesus calls his followers to be, which is a sheep, you need to know how to follow your shepherd. He says, There are hired hands two but they're not the shepherd and they're not they're what often happens with hired hands because they're paid they're paid to tend sheep but when things get rough when the wolves swoop in and robbers guess what the hired hands do usually they run away they're not going to lay down their life who are the hired hands over the over the sheep who is paid to teach you about god <laughs> maybe a professor at a Bible college, maybe your pastor. I'm not downplaying your pastor or your church or your favorite theologian or Christian writer. I'm just saying they're like the hired hands. My point is they're not the ones we follow. Paul makes this interesting statement. In a, I, can, I don't know the verse. I didn't look this up, but he says, Follow me as I follow Jesus. That always struck me. Paul is saying... You can follow my example of Jesus as I follow the example of Jesus. And so what he's really saying is you need to know what it's like to follow Jesus for yourself to even know whether I'm following Jesus. Follow me as I follow Jesus. How do you know if I'm following Jesus? Well, you need to be following Jesus too. Don't just follow people who say they're following Jesus. You need to follow Jesus. Sheep know the shepherd and the shepherd is not the hired hand. You may have a great pastor, you may have great spiritual teachers, you may have great spiritual leaders and directors, but they're not the shepherd. Be careful that your relationship with God isn't facilitated by a mediator, because that was the Old Testament. This is not the way that Jesus called us to be. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us a direct and intimate connection to God for a reason, so that we each could have a direct, intimate connection to God for ourselves. There's meant to be no mediator, no other shepherd but Jesus. So we must be careful as sheep, first, that we're actually following the good shepherd. We're actually in relationship with the good shepherd. We actually can hear the voice of the good shepherd as the shepherd leads us. Now, it's always good. Sheep stay in groups. That's good. It's good to have community. It's good to have, it's good to walk with each other, to disciple each other. I think that's very, like, the older sheep can teach the younger sheep, you know, can protect and take care of. That's eldership and mentorship, and I think that's necessary. I'm not saying that we don't find spiritual mentors in other people, but I'm saying the goal is always. to be learning for ourselves how to know God and hear God, how to be in relationship with the shepherd, the good shepherd. There's only one good shepherd. And so a good spiritual teacher isn't leading people to follow them. A good spiritual director is helping people come to their own relationship with God for themselves, to know God for themselves, to hear God for themselves. Don't be led astray by someone who only wants you to follow them, who wants to replace the shepherd with a hired hand. Make sure that you are learning and growing and following the good shepherd. A sheep knows the voice of its shepherd. A sheep needs the leading and guiding of a shepherd, especially if we're going to be sheep in a world full of wolves. Ah, I smell the just the scent of the woods this morning. It smells really good. I think as my friend pointed out though, it's really hard to be a sheep. To be gentle and kind in a world full of cutthroat, self centered, self seeking individuals, you know. But the first thing that we learn is that we have a shepherd that will protect and guide us. So we don't need to be afraid to be kind and gentle in a world that isn't always so kind and gentle. <sighs> um, I think there is just this natural tendency in human culture. It's what we would call community. We desire to be in relationship with people. We can't help but be influenced by people. So I think the other aspect of being a sheep in a world full of wolves is how do you remain a sheep when you're surrounded by the opposite examples of so many around you? How do you as an individual or you as a local church or you as a Christian denomination, like how do we maintain a stance in the world that is meek and gentle and kind when we live in a world that really is generally um, formulated to take advantage of that and will? I think that that's what I would call acclimation. We tend to acclimate to our environment. And so part of the problem of trying to remain a sheep. In a world full of wolves is also acclimation, where our tendency is to go along to get along, to become what we're surrounded by. How, to, how do we continue to live counterculturally in a world culture that is a bunch of wolves, that really teaches life is a game. You've got to get ahead. You've got to beat everybody else. It's a competition. You've got to get ahead. You've got to put yourself first and your needs first. You got to look out for number 1. I and mean, that's what wolves do. Wolves roam in packs, right? They do. We can become more influenced by the pack of wolves than a pack of sheep. Like it is good to be around other sheep. That's helpful. But if we're a group of sheep in a surrounded by groups of wolves, our tendency can be to become to blend in, to start to become and be influenced by these packs of wolves. Remember, it's the character. Wolves are about devouring. Vicious. They band together in order to be stronger, in order to devour. They, they, gang, they get together and gang up. Right? Wolves of a feather flock together. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard not to take on the attributes of the world around us. That's the point. How do we remain grounded in the character of Christ in a world that doesn't have that character? Like, How can we be influencers instead of influenced? And in fact, you could also say like, the more aggressive animal between these two is the wolf. They're more aggressive. They're more dominant. They're more likely to be in positions of leadership, even in the church. That's interesting. You could have a wolf in charge of a bunch of sheep, making them more like wolves. Like we have to be careful because we might be drawn to the energy of a wolf. A wolf is strong and powerful. A wolf can be a good leader. A wolf can have some good sounding advice about sticking up for yourself and defending yourself and being not being weak and meek. Like wolves are not going to teach you to be like Jesus. Jesus was not a wolf coming to destroy and kill and Jesus came to give life Jesus was the lamb as well Like Jesus set the example of course as a lamb in the midst of a bunch of wolves and what happened he was killed by those wolves right but he didn't become like them he set a different example he set the example and he paid the cost of that example with his life It's hard to continue to be a kind, gentle, loving person when everyone around you isn't doing that. When everyone else around you is saying, get ahead. Get what you need for yourself. Take what you need for yourself. Don't let people take advantage of you. Don't be gullible. Don't be duped. Don't be a sheep. It's hard to be a sheep when everyone around you is saying, you're foolish. You're kind. You're just going to get taken advantage of. Like, And it's true, if we attempt to be this kind of person that Jesus calls us to be, we might get taken advantage of. We are going to get wounded, we're going to get beat up sometimes by a world that doesn't care. But I think the point is, how do we kind of ground ourselves in a way that we're strong enough Withstand that, right? How can we maintain a good heart and a kind heart when a lot of people will take advantage and won't honor our kindness? I think our tendency really is one of two things acclimate or insulate. As sheep, like we get it, I think we get what Jesus calls us to be. Calls us to be love in the world, whether the, and he calls us to be love in a world that isn't loving, and so we get it. But our response is often in that attempt to insulate or acclimate, we either we often acclimate to the world in order to protect. In, sometimes, in order to fit in or we insulate, which means we separate from the world, we we kind of build our own little Christian bunkers and our little own little Christian culture, and we just hang out with our Christian friends and because they share our values and they don't take advantage of us and and so neither of those is actually the right stance though. Jesus calls us to be sheep among wolves. He said that to his disciples as he sent them out. I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. He didn't say, come into the sheep pen and be protected and just get away from the wolves. (laughs) I just ran into a a branches. Anyway, um, he, he doesn't say, be like sheep in a pen. He says, be sheep out in the world. Go, go out. I'm leading you out not leading you in. He's Jesus' main dynamic. The example he set and the and the paradigm he sets forth for us is a sent people, a going people. A disciple or um, an apostle means sent one, one who is sent. An ambassador, like a representative, a, 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 an apostle is someone who is sent out to represent. Like, Jesus' paradigm for the church was always being sent out into the world to take the good news, to set the good example, to be the good example of Christ in the world. We're not meant to rob the world of this example by isolating. And we will rob the world of that example if we acclimate to the world. So it's a hard tension because we naturally want to become like our surroundings. It can be self-protecting. It can also be just wanting to fit in. We want to belong. We don't want to look like the odd man out. It's hard to resist our cultural uh, influences around us. And they're everywhere. Don't we want to be cool? Don't we want to fit in? We don't want to stand out. Yet that's what Jesus, exactly what Jesus calls us to be. There's nothing more starkly different than a sheep next to a wolf. Um, but we must resist the temptation to isolate and insulate, or acclimate and affirm the wolf culture. <coughs> but how do we do that and not become bitter, and not become jaded? Really, that is becoming like the wolf. Like, that's what leads us down that path. Like, well, I tried this Christian thing. I tried to be kind to people. And it didn't work. It just let, left me disillusioned, disenfranchised, and just frustrated. And you know what? I think it's just better to be like a wolf. Just, I got to take care of my own, I got to protect myself. I can't be this sheep among wolves. It's too hard. I did. Uh, for some reason, this poem came to me. Um, I'll go back to it. Uh, as I was thinking about this topic, this being with sheep among wolves... This poem came to me. I don't know. I kind of stumbled upon this poem years ago. I don't know even why it came back to my mind, but I read this poem. I think I might have picked up a poetry collection or something, but this is a poem by James Kavanaugh. I just, I didn't even know really who James Kavanaugh was. I just looked this up as I remembered this poem, but he was a Catholic priest in the 50s and 60s, and he was a writer, author, and a Catholic priest, which I thought was interesting. But he wrote this poem called There are men too gentle to live among wolves. So I thought I would read, not the whole poem, but I would read some of the poem. It just kind of talks about this tension, this idea of of this struggle to be a gentle lamb among wolves. The poem is by James Kavanaugh. It's called There are Men Too Gentle to Live Among Wolves. This is one of the stanzas. There are men too gentle to live among wolves who anoint them for burial with greedy claws and murder them for a merchant's profit and gain. There are men too gentle for a corporate world who dream instead of candied apples and Ferris wheels and pause to hear the distant whistle of a train. There are men too gentle to live among wolves who devour them with eager appetite and search for other men to prey upon and suck their childhood dry. There are men too gentle for an accountant's world who dream instead of Easter eggs and fragrant grass and search for beauty in the mystery of the sky. I really like that poem. I felt like that. Most of my life I felt like that, especially as a kid growing up. I felt so different, so isolated. I was depressed. I remember days at school just trying not to cry. It's like being there, feeling so alone, just feeling so beat up by people around me, even just by a glance. I was a sensitive child. I am a sensitive person. And I, I feel everything very acutely. And it's hard to live in a hardened world when you have a soft heart. I mean I just it wrecks you over and over and over. And I can I understand. I've met people and I've talked with people who said, yeah, I used to be sensitive. I used to be a kind person. I used to be very sensitive. But I just couldn't handle it. I had to harden. I had to get tough. I just, You just can't be sensitive in a hard-hearted world. And I understand that. I am a very sensitive person. I... I don't know, for some reason I found it impossible to harden my heart. Scripture talks about a hard heart, by the way, as a negative. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but uh, part of contemplation is paying attention to your inner world. Contemplation just means to look at something thoughtfully for a long time. But really, the Christian practice of contemplation is being attuned and aware to what's going on inside you. For the purpose of letting God do inner work. But I I remember just even in my marriage, I think marriage is a very good testing ground for a relationship. It's it's usually a safe place to be able to explore, talk, and kind of share things. But I remember in my marriage, I've just had this experience many times where I'm having a disagreement with my wife or she's doing something I don't like and I think she's treating me unfairly and I can literally feel in my chest, inside me, this pull to harden to close off to say well then I'm not sticking around I'm going to harden my heart I'm going to just close off you're treating me unkindly, unfairly and so it's a very natural response to harden our heart and what does that mean? we close off the source of our love the flow of our kindness the flow of our goodness to people it's a very natural response to close our hearts off when we feel wounded, when we feel hurt. To stop the flow of an open-hearted love for others. Well, if you're not treating me kind, why should I treat you? That's called reciprocity. We, we also say that doing something in kind, which is not very kind. I think that's a weird. Like in keeping with the other person. Our very natural tendency as humans is to react in kind. They did this, I'm going to do it back. That's actually called mirroring. And we can just walk around as mirrors in the world. Like, you did this, you kicked me, I kick you. Boom, boom. What, what is that phrase? An eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Right? If we're simply reactors in the world, if we've just learned to be... There's that phrase as a kid. Remember this? Remember this phrase? I'm rubber... You're a glue. Whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks on you. (laughs) That was was funny. I like that one. But it's like this idea like, oh, yeah, you're going to do that to me? Bam. Right back at you. I'm just going to. It's reciprocity. Reciprocity. What does that create? What kind of world does that create? We're all just devouring each other. You're mean to me. I'm mean to you. Back at you, baby. Uh Uh-uh. You're not doing that to me. You're not getting away with that. Well, let's see how you like it. Let's see how it feels when it happens to you. Reciprocity, reciprocity, back at you. That's a world of wolves. But I understand the tendency to harden our hearts when we feel wounded, when we're being pricked. How do we develop the kind of heart and stance in the world that is sensitive and tender and kind? in a world that's going to not treat us in the same, often in the opposite, and still maintain our sensitivity and kindness. That is a a real dilemma. Let me tell you, if you're trying to do that in your own strength, you will fail. You cannot maintain a gentle, kind, tender heart towards a hard-hearted world in your own strength. You will respond in kind. You will acclimate. You will become like a wolf in a world of wolves in your own strength. You are not capable of maintaining a tender, kind heart in a world full of hard-hearted wolves. (laughs) It's not possible. The only way, I believe, is to be in constant contact with a different kind of heart, a bigger heart a perfect heart, who is a heart that is stronger. A heart of tenderness and love that is stronger than the heart in the world. There's a verse that, I don't know if this is Jesus. I don't know where this is at. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Like There is a strength inside me who is, that is God inside me that is greater than the strength of the heart of the world. The world's heart is hard. It's hardened. It's insensitive and unkind and cruel and self-seeking and self-serving. And if we don't have an ability to withstand the experience of that cruelty and still maintain kindness, we're just going to become like the heart in the world, cruel and unkind. We don't really have the ability to withstand the onslaught of wolves as sheep will either get killed or we'll just become like a wolf like either way the kind hearted, sensitive, open hearted person inside us will die if we don't have a way to overcome the daily barrage of hard heartedness and cruelty in the world like we just can't bear up under it unless we have a good shepherd who is intimately involved in our lives. Like, I get James Cavanaugh. I get my friend on social media. I get the struggle to not respond towards hard-heartedness with a hard heart, to close off, to shut down. It is hard to be a sensitive person in an insensitive world and I get that and I've had my own struggles with that I, I had a breakdown five years ago which was the result of trying to deal with being a sensitive person in an insensitive world so my, my response in my own strength was to numb to try and numb to try and distance myself to try and isolate internally Like, I chose isolation. You really can't isolate from the world, and I couldn't. But I just, I approached the world with this, from from inside this fortress in my heart, in a way. Like, I just, I, it was so painful for me to experience the insensitivity of the world. Insensitivity of the world. (laughs) I said insensitivity. That's a good word. I should coin that word the insensitivity of the world. It was so hard. So I tried to numb. I tried to distance myself from my own feelings. The reality was that you cannot. I may have numbed to them in a way of distancing, but I couldn't I can't. Couldn't take my heart out of myself. And I certainly couldn't become cruel and hard-hearted. So I just tried as best I could to kind of say, well, I don't really feel that. I'm not going to feel that. I'm not going to feel that. Man, I used to approach people with such fearfulness. Everybody, to me, was someone ready to attack me until I learned otherwise. Everybody was guilty until proven innocent for me. I am a sensitive heart. And how I dealt with that was... I couldn't really harden my heart, but I I just basically tried to not love people that much, that well, not get that close. I would say... Probably the thing that helped me the most as far as human relationships was my wife. Just having this long-term relationship with this one person who I trusted and who I knew I could open my heart to. Which allowed me to open my heart and made me feel like I had this safe relationship. Basically, a person who was a sanctuary for me that helped me feel safe enough to come out. And to explore my hurt and my sensitivity And of course, after my breakdown, after I, my breakdown was basically God saying, no more of this numbing, no more of this distancing and this trying to hold people at arm's length. I made you to be a loving, kind, sensitive, open-hearted person in the world. And that's what you're going to be. (laughs) So it was devastating to be brought out into the open, in a sense, out of hiding, to learn how to be the sensitive person that I am. In an insensitive world. That's what God's called me to be. And God didn't like numbing, I call that emotional leprosy. Numbing is not the solution. When you're numb, you just you hurt people without even knowing it. That's not the solution. You just become a wolf. To become a wolf is not the solution. But what what I realized is that we need people who are like sanctuaries in the world, sensitive hearts, strong enough to remain sensitive and kind, that draw us out and say, Hey, it's okay. It's okay to be a, a sheep among wolves. It's, it's okay to be a kind-hearted person and vulnerable and open-hearted. Like, this is what God calls us to, but we do need human examples. And that relationship, you know, with my wife kind of <coughs> created a sanctuary space for me. And that's what Jesus calls us to do f- as well. Like, the reality... In a world full of wolves is that they're really sheep in wolves' clothing. We're all, if we appear as wolves at all, we're really still sheep in wolves' clothing. We put on this clothing of a wolf because we think it's how we have to survive in a world full of wolves. But we're all really a bunch of sheep pretending to be wolves to protect ourselves. And it's going to take people who cast off that wolf's clothing and say... Hey, I'm going to be a sheep, and you can be too. It's okay. We need people who are sanctuaries and shelters who call us out of our wolf's clothing and say, You know what? We're all a bunch of sheep anyway, so let's just be a bunch of sheep. Why, do, why should we pretend? Why should we be hard? Like Your hard-heartedness, you know who it hurts the most? your insensitivity and coldness and callousness, it hurts you the most because that's not how we were made to live. God made us to be sheep in a world of sheep. (laughs) The problem is that it takes one wolf to ruin that, but it also takes one sheep to point the way back. God calls us to be sheep in a world full of people trying to act like they're wolves to protect themselves, but who really are just Also, too gentle to live among the wolves. We're all that way. We were made to be sensitive. We were made to be, because we were made for connection. Sensitivity and vulnerability are about connection. Opening ourselves up for the possibility of relationship. We were created to be in community with everyone. To be loving and kind and embracing and affirming We're not made to be wolves. We're not. That's the thing. That's what I found out with my breakdown was God said enough. You're not protecting yourself. You're killing yourself. I wouldn't say that I was wearing wolf's clothing, but I would say that I was trying to pretend like I wasn't a sheep. (laughs) I'm not a sheep over here. Don't attack me. (laughs) I was trying to deny the very heart that God put in me. Now, I think people have different degrees of sensitivity, and we're called to be different kinds of people. I don't think everyone is called to be uber-sensitive. I feel like I am uber-sensitive, though it's hard to compare. I can't see inside other people's hearts. But, like, we're all made to be sensitive because that's what it means to be in relationship and in community. It means being open and vulnerable. There's a good verse. Um, I love this verse. It says, confess your sins to one another and so be healed. Now, there's just a lot of baggage when it comes to the word sin, and I get that. But if we think of it this way, confess what's hurting inside you. Confess what's wrong, what's troubling, what's troubling you, what's burdening you. Confess that, and you'll be healed. Confess it to one another. I think what that means is like find a community of people you can share your heart with. That's healing. And be that person for others. Be a person everywhere you go. Be a sanctuary. Be a person. Be a sheep. Be a person who calls people out and says, Hey, I know the world's like a bunch of wolves, but with me, that's not the way it is. With me, you're safe. With me, you can share what's going on. With me, you won't be condemned or, or treated unkind. I will be gentle with you. I will be kind. I will be open-hearted. I will be loving. The whole world may be going to hell in a handbasket, but I'm going to be a slice of heaven I'm going to be a sanctuary. I'm going to be a person who loves you no matter what, who doesn't condemn you and put you down because you're not the right person or you're not getting it right. I'm going to be a sanctuary. I'm going to be a sheep and a world full of sheep pretending they're wolves so that you, maybe you, maybe somebody can see my example and say, you know what, I'm tired of this wolf act. It's just, it's killing me hey, here's someone who's not not putting on that play. Maybe they can help me. Maybe I can talk with them and I can just unload and take off my wolf costume and really let them see my hurt. I didn't intend to go down this way and I hope I don't come across too condemning, but I just want to shout out that often the church in the world is just another group of wolves. Condemning people, putting people down, making people feel bad. Not a sanctuary for people to feel safe to come in and be broken, but just another source of saying, of making people feel ashamed for being broken and not being the kind of person or the group of people that says, come in here. We won't condemn you. It doesn't matter who you are. You will be loved here no matter what. Sometimes the church can be even more vicious because they paint God as the big wolf in the world who is just condemning and and going to cast people away and and make people feel bad because they're not measuring up and they're not good enough. So I don't want to go too far down that path, but I want you to consider as a as a follower of Jesus, are you really a sheep? Someone who is kind-hearted and open and invites other people in no matter how broken they are and says it's okay. You don't have to put on the act. You can be vulnerable. You can be broken. And I will love you into greater health. Are we really being a sanctuary for people? It's interesting that we call our worship spaces sanctuaries. But is it really a sanctuary for people to come in and truly take off the wolf costume and be vulnerable and be broken and know they won't be condemned? Or is it a place where they feel even more condemned and they just don't want to come in at all? Like, if we as Christians aren't being light in the world, if we aren't being a place where people can let down and truly let go and find compassion and comfort, where, where is it going to happen? If we're not doing if we're not setting that example, if we're not being sheep in a world full of wolves, then who will be? Sometimes the church has been just as much a part of the problem of a wolf culture as anything else. Compassion. Look how Jesus treated, quote, sinners. I love the uh, woman, the woman caught, caught in adultery. I've used that example before, but time and time again, Jesus approached sinners. He didn't treat them as sinners. He treated them as sick people that needed a doctor. He welcomed them in and said, hey, I won't condemn you. I won't judge you. I will love you. And in that love, I will love you back to life. Time and time again, Jesus approached people broken, hurting, the outcast, the lowly, the loser. And he said, not in my world, not in my book. You're not a loser. You're not an outcast. Not in God's view. You are not last and least. You're welcomed in. Open arms. (laughs) it's something to think about something to think about is our message is the gospel message you're messed up and God's mad at you or is the gospel message you're messed up and God is the remedy you're broken and God wants to heal you and God loves you no matter what What is our message? What is our stance in the world as sheep, as open-hearted, vulnerable, kind, loving, compassionate, embracing people? It's a sad state to consider that many who claim to be followers of Jesus are more like wolves than sheep. We're more a part of Making the world feel condemned and isolated. We're more part of keeping people trapped in a wolf-like stance, instead of opening up and letting them open up and come out. If sheep do anything, you know, as we follow our good shepherd, as we as we live in the light. And the life of Jesus, if we, as, we, as we shine that light, we encourage other people to be sheep just by being a sheep. I think that's the point. If there's anything we need to work hard at as followers of Jesus, it's being like Jesus. It's just being a good sheep. Like just setting it a good example of being a vulnerable, kind, open-hearted person in the world. When you do that, like what I'm saying is you don't need to go around preaching against sin, calling out the darkness, pointing at the darkness. You don't need to go around telling people much of anything. You just need to go around being a sheep, wandering around, grazing. Just Sheep, just wander around. <laughs> I don't say too much. <laughs> just wander around as a sheep in the world and see if your example doesn't invite people to come alongside you and say, How do you do it? How are you a sheep in this world full of wolves? How do you maintain such a kind heart and a loving stance towards people when people are so cruel? And I've seen people be cruel to you, and yet you're still kind. If you can be kind in the midst of cruelty, that's being a sheep in a group full of wolves. And man, if you have the strength of God and the intimacy of a relationship where God's heart fills you up fully with love, and strength, and you can actually be, in any situation, a kind-hearted person, people notice, people will notice, and it will draw attention, and it will draw attention to a different way of being in the world. People will want to know, how can you be so calm and kind and compassionate, even when people are treating you the opposite? How can it not bother you? How can you be kind, and people just are... Buttholes, and you still don't get riled up, and you don't get vindictive. You you don't practice reciprocity. How can you do that? That's what will happen as you're just a sheep being a sheep. People will want to know how in the world you can be a sheep in a world full of wolves, and they'll they'll be drawn to you, and that will help draw people in to the sheep the sheep pack instead of the out of the wolf pack to the fold of the sheep and the shepherd instead of the den of the wolves. That's what we're called to do, people. Your message is your life. Just being a sheep walking through the world. If you can, if you can develop that kind of intimate relationship with your shepherd where you know you're protected and you're walking and you're, you're just following and you're just enjoying life and you're kind and you're loving in the midst of an unkind and unloving world, that's all the message you need to speak, just how you live your life. That's the call. It is much harder to just live as a sheep among wolves than to take a stance and become more like that wolf while pretending to be a sheep. And I think sometimes our Christian culture and our Christian message is more like pretending to be a sheep, and really a wolf, than really being a sheep in the midst of a bunch of wolves. Wolves are pack are, wolves are power hungry and vicious. I was gonna go more into this, but wolves are about power for themselves and power over others. They're dominating, they're controlling, they're vicious, they're self-protective. Are always about themselves and their own power to, because that's about protection. If I get power over others, then I get myself in a better place to protect myself. God is not a power over, God is power with. God is always empowering others through love and kindness and open heartedness and reaching out and embracing. It's hard to be a sheep. The one thing about that poem by James Kavanaugh, he says, there are men too gentle to live among wolves. And I understand that sentiment, but I also know that we need men so gentle and yet who can still live among the wolves because that's what Jesus calls us to do. I get it. It's, it's hard when you feel attacked as a Christian, as a follower of Christ. It's hard to stand your ground, to maintain a loving stance in the midst of a hateful world. But like, if we can't do that, then if we cannot do that, then the world is lost. If we can't remain a light in the darkness, if we can't remain love in the midst of hate, then how are things going to change? Jesus came to transform the world by being a sheep and then becoming a shepherd and calling us to be sheep. To be kind-hearted, compassionate people in a broken, hurting Hateful world. Like the world's not gonna get better if we don't figure out how to be sheep in a world full of wolves. If we just if we just acclimate or insulate, we're basically saying to hell with the world. I got mine and I'm just gonna go and hide. Or I'm going to yeah, I'm still going to be a Christian, but I'm but when I'm in the world, I'm going to act just like the world because that's what you got to do to get ahead. That's what you got to do, you know, hey, don't blame me. It's not my fault. I didn't make the world this way. To acclimate or insulate can be the natural reaction, but it's not what Jesus calls us to do. He calls us to be sheep in a world full of wolves. And the truth is we're all we're all sheep. The people that look like wolves, it's just an act. They are hurting too. And when they can see someone who won't hurt them back, who is kind, they just might be able to drop the costume and the wolf act and start to heal. That's the call. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope it's a challenge to you to consider, whether you're a Christian or not, to consider what it takes to be a loving, kind, compassionate person in the world. This has been the Construction Monk Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Randall Ori. And as always, you can catch more content at www.moderncontemplative.com. It's my website. So hey, thanks guys. I love all of you. I do. I hope that you see the value of being a tender-hearted person in a hard-hearted world. And I know it's hard. I hope that you can see the value. I hope that you're encouraged towards a better example. And I hope that you know you can't do it alone. You can't do it in your own strength. It'll leave you bitter. It'll leave you hurt, hurting, and hiding. Hey, I lived as a Christian for most of my Christian life, not as a sheep. <laughs> Trying to pretend I wasn't a sheep in many ways, hiding and hurting myself. And I probably hurt a lot of other people, and I probably didn't set a very good example as a Christian. I probably wasn't very loving I wasn't very embracing I was pretty condemning I was more about sin calling out sin than I was about calling people to hope and to love and the, the kindness and compassion of God so I get it it's hard but man I believe the heart of God in the world is bigger and I believe that as we get in touch and tune with that heart we become bigger people too I believe that's the only way the world's going to change as you work in yourself and let God work in you to change you to become more like a sheep than a wolf. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.